Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. to see you here today. Before you're seated, you just turn to the people around you and whatever you're comfortable with, a smile, a fist pump, a handshake, and just welcome them here today. Okay, thank you. Please be seated. Uh, For those that don't know me, my name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm the lead pastor at Ebenezer Church, and I just want to say it's it's great to see you here today. It's been a long time since this room was full, and I know that we have other rooms that are active as well, and so as you're watching me over there, welcome to you too. Take out your phones, (laughs) and what I'd like you to do is text the number 306 Two four nine zero zero eight four, and type the word church. We'll go old, old school today. And when you type that word, you'll bring you up to a, a screen prompting that will take you to the home page. And on that home page, you will find that we have a, a connect card. You'll find that we have a place for you to uh, give us a prayer request or update some family information, and also a, a place for you to support our ministries with, your, with our tithes and offerings. So if you could do that while I'm talking, that would be fantastic. Now, I want to welcome a few groups of people that are here today. So so first of all, uh, do we have any new or returning university students here? Wherever you are in your rooms, if you can kind of just kind of wave or make some noise or something so we can see who you are, that is the most subtle wave and noise I've ever heard. There we go. That's what I'm talking about, okay? Let's get some life. I know it's a Baptist church, but let's crank it up a bit here. Okay, so welcome here. I just want to say it is fantastic to see you returning to the city. I know you're back in classes, and we are looking forward to re-engaging with you this next, this next year. Second group I want to welcome, it's actually a whole lot of groups of people. It's our partner congregations. And so if you're from one of our partner congregations, could you kind of wave and make some noise if you're here in this room today or wherever you are? Okay, there we go. A few of you, come on, you need to be a little bit more charismatic than that. So let me just introduce the, the, the crowd. So we have from the Saskatoon Arab Church, Pastor Shadi and Rasha, and they're sitting over there. We have the Bhutanese Nepali Eternal Life Fellowship Church with Pastor Ramesh and Mina. Where's Pastor? Yeah, Pastor Ramesh. Uh, he's wearing the coat that I bought him, and, and his nickname for me is Joseph, uh, so, uh, because he's my favorite pastor. So, and the guys are threatening to, to, to sell him or something, but we're, we're not going to go there. Okay, and then we have, we have the House for All Nations, and we have Pastor Spencer and Karen, so right over here. So welcome to you. And then our newest partner congregation, it's the Saskatoon Vision Korean Church led by Pastor Chan and Glow, and they just began, they were officially with us this last spring. So welcome to all our partner congregations. Now, I, I do want to mention that, that for, for many that are here from those congregations, English is not their first language at all. And so if you hear some people quietly translating near you, uh, that's all right. We're glad that they're here. So thank you for coming to the English service here today. Uh, third, I want to welcome those who are either new to the city or new to Ebenezer. Now, is there anyone that would be brave enough just to raise your hand if that's you here today? Okay, so a few people in the back, good, and a few, few in the other rooms, I'm sure. So I just want to say to you, uh, welcome home. And, and I say that uh, truthfully, that, that we really hope that you would find Ebenezer a place that you could call home, and that this is gonna be the beginning of many, many uh, times together as a family. And then finally, I want to welcome uh, our Ebenezer family to all those who have been attending during the pandemic break uh, here in person, to all those who are, have just kind of made their way back or just making their way back to Ebenezer, and also to those who are watching online at home today. And we just want to say that we are thankful for you and thankful for your faithfulness. Now listen, we have a great morning plan today. 
The theme that we've chosen for this fall is taken from Psalm 34, verse 8. And it says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Now these words were written by King David during a really crazy and uncertain season in his life where the circumstances around him were beyond his control and they hugely influence and impact his, his actions. Uh, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Because that's what we've been going through uh, as a nation. You see, even though David had been anointed uh, by God to be the next king of Israel, he found himself running for his life and fleeing the country with literally just the clothes on his back because uh, a jealous and unstable king named Saul was trying to murder him. And unfortunately, the neighboring country that he fled to was the land of the Philistines, which is a sworn enemy of Israel. And so David, uh, and David was on their most wanted list for killing their champion warrior Goliath. And so this was not a safe place for him either. G David had jumped out of the proverbial frying pan and into the fire. But God's hand of protection was on David, and, and he managed to narrowly escape death by feigning his own insanity. And once he was released by that king, he ran to the shelter of a nearby cave to hide. And the Bible tells us that, that eventually uh, David was joined by some of his brothers and about four, 400 other discontented men from Israel. Now, the reason I'm telling you this story in this background, it's because it's believed that the psalm we're going to look at, Psalm 34, the psalm of praise, was written by David in that cave and sung to that, those, that motley group of misfits who are in this desperate uh, circumstance in life. Now, although we're, gonna, we're pulling our theme just out of one verse, uh, the entire psalm is actually amazing. And it's a, it's a great template for the people of God to follow whenever they find themselves in, in challenging and desperate times, which makes it a perfect psalm for us to look at this morning as we begin a new season of ministry amidst, amidst all the challenges that we find ourselves in. Now, we're going to walk through the psalm this morning, and this is how it begins. It's, it begins with an invitation to worship the Lord and tell of his greatness. And it says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness, and let us exalt his name together. And so let's do that today. Let's, let's stand wherever you are in whatever room you're in, and let's lift our voices as the people of God. Psalm 34 continues this way. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for the truth that is declared in this psalm. We thank you, God, that you are our shield. We thank you that you are our defender. We thank you that you encamp around those who fear you. And God, right now, as a community, we look to you. You are our defender. You are our protector. Lord, your word says that those who look to you will never be put to shame. And so, God, as one voice and one community, we lift our eyes to you, we lift our hearts to you, we look to you, Jesus. We want to know you and we want to follow you. And your word tells us, God, that you've promised that those who do that will never be put to shame. I ask, Lord, that in this coming season, that we would lift our eyes off the circumstances we find ourselves in, that we would lift our eyes off of the troubles that surround us, that we would fix our eyes on you, that we would taste and see once again of your goodness and experience the joy of your salvation. I ask this for your honor and your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we just respond with the doxology?
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, The psalmist continues, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you godly people, for those who fear him will have all that they need. And even, young, and even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord lack no good thing. In this second um, main section of Psalm 34, David moves from invitation where he invites us to worship him and to pray to him. And he moves us into a place of challenge where he charges us and his followers to do two specific things. And that is to taste and to see that the Lord is good. And then secondly, to fear the Lord. Now to really understand and appreciate what David is saying in these verses, we, we first of all need to recognize something about ourselves and our humanity. And to accomplish that, I, I want to take you back to the story of creation this morning. It's found in the first few uh, chapters of the Bible. Because it's, it's in that creation story we learn that God created man in his own image and likeness. And he did that because he wanted a people with whom he could live in a relationship with and with whom he could have fellowship with. And God's plan... Was to, was to pour out his goodness on humanity so that they would know him and ultimately that they would fall in love with him all on their own. Now, in the beginning, that's exactly what happened. Mankind experienced the goodness of God, and God enjoyed the fellowship of man. It was a relationship the Bible describes as something that was pure and, and beautiful. But as we also learn in the creation story, God didn't force humanity to love him. He gave them the choice. And that, that was a choice to daily experience his glory and goodness and provision by putting their trust fully in him. Or they could question his ways and, and doubt his goodness and trust their own wisdom and desires. <laughs> now, you, most of you know the story. You know what's happened. Sadly, Adam and Eve chose to doubt the goodness of their God and instead believe the lies and fall victim to the lies of the deceiver. And the Bible tells us that that act of rebellion and disobedience broke and forever changed the beautiful relationship and fellowship that they had with God. And that decision continues to imp impact humanity today. Now the good news is that God has never stopped desiring relationship with humanity. He still wants his creation to see and experience him so that they might know him and so they might fall in love with him and have fellowship with him again. In fact, that's God's primary mission. That's why, that's why he sent Jesus to the earth, so that we can see and experience the goodness and greatness of God. And that's why Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit, so that his followers would know and experience the power and blessings of God in their lives. But the bad news is that because of Adam, we're still a broken people. And our hearts are still distracted by the things the world has to offer. And our minds are often still confused by the circumstances that we find our lives in. And we have often looked for substitutes to fulfill the longings in our life that were, were meant for God to fill, but now we're looking for other things rather than trusting in God's goodness and grace. And so even though God has blessed his children with every spiritual blessing, like it refers to in the book of Ephesians, and even though he continues to give us every opportunity to see and know him and, and see his greatness and experience his love and grace, our natural tendency as human beings is to drift away from God and to drift away from his people and to drift away from his ways. Now, let me illustrate this. One of the things I used to do when I was youth pastor was take our youth group on a canoe trip every summer in northern Saskatchewan. 
Now, most of the Northern Lakes have had very limited um, human traffic, so the scenery is stunning, and the fishing is exceptional. My friend Dave Toth, who guided these trips, and I would usually jump into the canoe after camp was set up, and we'd go fishing for supper. Now, unlike some of the less discerning youth, and some of them are in the room today from back in that day, uh, Dave and I would, would actually go and fish for pickerel, like that's God's fish, right, the, the good one. And we were pretty good at finding the pickerel holes. But uh, anyone who's ever fished from a boat uh, on water knows that, that if you're not anchored down, drifting is inevitable. And even on the calmest days, uh, the wind and the waves and the currents below the surface would cause your boat to, to drift. Now, for Dave and I, when the fish stopped biting, we'd know we drifted off our spot. And so we'd kind of take our reference point on the shoreline, and it would confirm, yeah, we drifted off the spot. Now, when you're on a calm lake, drifting isn't a big deal. You just, you know, pick up your fishing rod, or put down your fishing rod, pick up your paddle, and you just kind of paddle back to where you want to be. Uh, and if the water's not too deep, you might try to find a large rock and, and tie a rope to it, and then drop that down as an anchor so you can stay where you need to be. This is kind of what happens in our spiritual lives. Our hearts are, are, are constantly drifting away from God, even when we don't realize it. And that happens because of our human nature. It happens uh, because of the pull and influence of the world around us. It happens because of the circumstances that we find ourselves in life. And it happens because there are spiritual battles raging all around us. Now, thankfully, God has given us the ability to recognize when we're drifting from him. And he's given us resources like the Spirit of God and his word and the family of God to help us make the necessary adjustments so that we can find our way back to him. And in normal times, there are spiritual anchors which God has crafted for his family to keep us from drifting off course too, like times of corporate worship like this, like the preaching of the word, like the fellowship of the believers, and like times of ministry and prayer. But as you know, uh, these last 18 months have been anything but normal for us. They more res closely resemble a, ca a canoe trip my friend Blaine Banting went on several years ago. Now, some of you might recognize that name. Blaine is now a professor at Briarcrest College at Karenport. But at that time, he was a pastor. And he had just accepted a call to pastor a church on Prince Edward Island. And when he and his family arrived on the island, they stayed at a little cottage along the coast at a place called Holland Cove. Now, Blaine loved to canoe. And so uh, one day early in their time there, he decided to take their little 14-foot canoe for a short paddle before lunch. And being a prairie boy, uh, Blaine never even thought of the ocean's tide and waves, <laughs> which was, you know, pretty unfortunate, as you're going to see. Um, because shortly after he began his canoeing excursion, uh, a strong wind blew up suddenly. And that, along with the outgoing tide, began to pull him out into the Northumberland Strait. Now, immediately, uh, Blaine knew he was in big trouble. But even worse, he realized there was nothing he could do about it. He tried paddling back to the shore as hard as he could, but the forces of nature around him were just too strong, and, and it was a losing battle, and he knew it. And so all he could do in the end was just sit in his canoe and hold on and pray and watch the shoreline getting farther and farther away. Now, meanwhile, back on shore, his wife and young children watched helplessly as their dad got smaller and smaller and then disappeared in the horizon. Now, by God's grace, after several hours of drifting in the ocean, Blaine said he was too scared to even move inside the canoe because of the four-foot waves that were coming over him, and he was scared he was going to capsize. But uh, a, a group of, and these are his words, drunken seal watchers passed by, and, and they, they recognized, even in their drunkenness, that Blaine was in deep trouble, and they came and rescued him. Uh, he had actually been pulled out five kilometers into the ocean at that point, sitting in a 14-foot canoe. Now, would you agree that these last 18 months have, found, have felt more like my friend's ocean adventure than my northern fishing experience? The global pandemic we've just gone through has proven to be a powerful and unstoppable force. And it's been one that's accentuated and accelerated our tendency as humans to, to drift away from God and to drift away from his people and to drift away from his word. And as a result, many people, and maybe some of you here or some listening online have found themselves 
lost, alone, and in danger of having their faith capsized. During this last season, we've lost the rhythms that used to anchor us and keep us from drifting, things like the community of faith, things like corporate worship, and things like group prayer. And my fear is the longer people drift in this spiritual ocean and the further they drift away, away, the greater the risk that they're going to lose sight of God and His goodness and greatness and wisdom and His ways. Now, I believe the, the antidote for spiritual drift is found in David's challenge to us in verse 8 of chapter 34. To taste and see that the Lord is good, because blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. This verse charges us to put our focus back on God and on His goodness and His grace, rather than on our circumstances or our problems and trials or the people who have disappointed us. And by the way, looking to God is always the beginning of finding our way back to Him. So, so what does David mean when he says, taste and see that the Lord is good? Well, in the original language of the Old Testament, taste means more than just a sample. It means to, to dig in. It means to dig in and eat and then and perceive it with every taste bud you have in your mouth. When David says, taste and see that the Lord is good, he is telling us to, to figuratively take a bite and try it for ourselves through our own experience how satisfyingly good God really is. David doesn't want his readers to, to merely take his word that the Lord is good. He wants them to actively experience and know the goodness of God for themselves. And by the way, sometimes, uh, especially when we're younger, we, we listen to what our parents or other people older than us say about our faith, and we never actually taste it for ourselves. It's no wonder, wonder that we struggle with our faith. And it's strange to me that many times people are quick to pass judgment on God without even trying and tasting Him and experiencing Him for themselves. It's kind of like my grandson, Miles, um, who, who I think is here today. I'm not sure. So if he is, hi, Miles. That's Grandpa up here. Um, but uh, he's two years old. And many, like many two-year-olds, uh, he is uh, selective in what he wants to eat, right? If you have a young kid, you know what I mean. And so he, he tends to pre-decide on whether something is good or not without even tasting it. Now, he should know this better uh, of me right now because when Grandpa feeds him something, it's usually good and, and probably not very healthy. But I remember one time I, I went to give him a piece of, of my wife's delicious coffee cake. At least I think it was that or something else equally sweet and good. And he would have nothing to do with it. That is until I, I stuck a little piece in his mouth when he wasn't paying attention. And, and then you could just see like the little wheels turning in his head and, and his, and his you know, taste buds erupted, and, and pretty soon that's all he wanted was this cake. And he, he ate my old piece of cake. It wasn't even fair. I wasn't thinking that through very well. You see, God wants us to experience firsthand his goodness, not from the hearsay of others. And when I say firsthand, he, he wants us to cry out to him when, when we're in need so that he can show himself as faithful and provide for us. He wants us to run to him when we're in trouble so that he can wrap his arms around us and protect us. You know, he wants us to taste and experience his goodness. But he also wants us to, us to see his goodness. And that's the next word. And to see means more than observing what passes across our sight line. It means to, to perceive, to, to fully grasp and understand. It means to recognize and to discern. It means that our, our, to have our eyes open to the truth about God and his ways. To, to see the goodness of God is like putting on a pair of spiritual glasses that begin to help us recognize the activity of God around us. Because it, the truth is, God is always at work around us. We just don't always see it. And the only way to really genuinely taste and see that the Lord is good is to put that matter to the test and to try and experience the goodness of God for yourself. One of, the, one of the main or common symptoms of COVID is the loss of taste. And I think one of the symptoms of a serious shift or problem of our heart or in our heart is the inability to, to taste and see the goodness of God. And instead what we do is we, we um, ignore God or we doubt Him or we run from Him 
or we focus on the problems that we're facing and the circumstances that we find ourselves in rather than tasting and seeing God. So how's your taste? <laughs> Have you lost it in this last season? Have you lost a sense of the wonder and amazement and goodness of God? Now, can I be honest with you? I hope so. I'm a pastor standing on stage. I think that would probably be a good quality to have. Uh, but coming back together after being apart for almost 18 months, 18 months, it's a, it's a huge challenge. Uh, there's much that's changed. We've lost community. We've lost the wonder of worship, which is why even this morning as we were singing, I don't know about you, but I was finding myself getting emotional just hearing all the voices kind of waft over me because we need to be together and we need to do things like that. We, we've lost the power of praying together. Do you remember pre-COVID, what we used to do? We'd have um, people come up during one of the songs and ready with oil or to pray with you, and you would come up if you had a need, and we'd just pray because we expected God to answer. And that's been gone for 18 months. We've lost the joy of serving together. So that's why over the next five weeks, we're going to take some time to focus our eyes on God and to, to create some space where we can taste and see the goodness of God again, maybe even for the first time in your life. And we're going to begin next week by tasting the goodness of God because we see the goodness of God in his nature and character and not in our circumstances. And then we're going to look at tasting the community of faith because we see the goodness of God when we experience the community of faith. And then we're going to look at the, the tasting the power of prayer because we see the goodness of God when we experience the power of prayer. And then on Thanksgiving, we're going to taste the joy of worship again because we see the goodness of God when we experience the wonder and joy of worship. And then the last Sunday in this series, we're going to look at the mission of God because we see the goodness of God as we join him in his mission to the world. Now, I, I want you to know that um, coming back, we thought we just can't come back and make everything normal. Like if the service looked exactly like it was when you left, probably we haven't learned very much. <laughs> and, and so what we're going to do this next five weeks, and again, I'm just going to be up front, is this is going to be interactive, meaning we're going to teach for a shorter time, and then we're gonna, there's going to be an experience, a taste just a little more so. We're going we're gonna to put something in your mouth and let, let the taste buds just go wild for you. And our hope is that that little taste will want you to, to, want, you to want more of understanding God and his goodness. So that's what we're going to do over the next five weeks. Now, uh, the second one, and I'll, and I'll be quick on this, David says he charges us to fear the Lord. He says, fear the Lord, you as godly people, for those who fear him will have all that they need. To fear the Lord is, is actually a very significant theme in Scripture. And it's one that's often repeated. And so I don't have the, the, even the, the beginning of time to begin to delve into this, this topic. But what I want to do today is I want to give you just a few statements about the fear of the Lord from Scripture. And then a few insights on the fear of the Lord that I had or that I've gleaned from other people. And, and maybe this will, will spark us to say, what does it mean and look like to fear the Lord in our own lives? This is what Proverbs 1.7 says. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or the beginning of knowledge. So if you want to be knowledgeable and wise, there's something about the fearing the Lord in there. It says in Psalm 19, the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. Psalm 33, it says, but the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who hope whose hope is in his unfailing love. Psalm 96 says, for, God, for great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Psalm 128 says, Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience with him. And then Proverbs 14, 27 says, The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. So what, what does it mean to, to fear the Lord? Well, let me give you a couple of definitions. Some of us have gone through a book by Dave Beering called A Discipleship Journey. And Dave describes the fear of the Lord with this simple definition. He says, reverencing and referencing God in all that you do. Reverencing 
and referencing God in all that we do. My, my definition is a bit more colloquial. Uh, I said this, the fear of the Lord is living your life in a way that demonstrates you believe God, believe God is who he says he is. That's what it means to fear the Lord. To fear the Lord is to walk in the reverence and awe of who God is. To fear the Lord is to remember that he is the creator who made us and we're his creation. To fear the Lord is, is to know his character and ways and then walk in humble obedience with him. Now, how do you know if you're fearing the Lord in your life? Well, a couple of simple ways. Um, when we fear the Lord, we take God seriously, meaning we recognize that as the King of kings and Lord of lords, as the creator of the universe, uh, as the one who, who was and is and always will be, that whenever we find ourselves uh, standing in his presence as anyone in Scripture did, they would, just, they would just stand in awe and bow in humble submission. That's what it means to fear the Lord. It's taking him for who he says he is. When we fear the Lord, um, another test is that we, we despise and we run from sin. You see, the degree in which we fear the Lord is the same degree to which we will hate sin. And in and verse 13, which I'm not going to read in chapter 34, it says that we'll keep our tongues from evil. That's an outlet of fearing the Lord. That we'll, we'll turn from evil and do good. That's an outlet of what it means to fear the Lord. And so, again, in your life, if you're kind of dabbling and kind of playing both fields, coming to church and playing the Christian card here and then being out with your friends and doing something very, very different, that would be an indication that you don't really understand what it means to fear the Lord. When we fear the Lord, we seek God in everything that we do. That's what it says in verse 10, seek the Lord, that we'll, that we'll reference him in all, all that we're doing. That's what it means to fear the Lord. And when we do that, God honors us by caring for us and providing for our needs. Now, I realize that's a very, very short walk through what it means to fear the Lord, but maybe there's some things that God will, will just speak to your mind and heart about, and you can think about that throughout the week. I want to invite Chet to come back on stage in the worship team. And just let me conclude my part here. We're going to sing a song, then we have a, we want a, one more concluding thing we're going to do. But uh, let me just speak to those that have already tasted and seen the goodness of God in their life. Uh, this is what I would say to you. Proclaim the goodness of God to the world. Continue to put your trust in him no matter what comes your way. And whenever you find yourself drifting or doubting or fearing or worrying, call out to God and ask him to remind you again of his goodness. Because uh, it's possible, I guess, to taste that or sample it and not really fully buy in and find yourself drifting and ending up way out in the spiritual wilderness. And for those who, who maybe have never tasted the goodness of God, whether, whether you're someone who's new and exploring faith or maybe you're someone that's been in church for 30 years and you go, I've never really experienced the goodness of God that you're talking about. This is what I would say to you. You should just pray a simple prayer of faith. And that prayer of faith would be, God, would you open my, my eyes to your goodness? And ask him to reveal himself to you in a real and tangible way. You know, as real as, as this pulpit like something that you could put your hands on and say, I saw the goodness of God. I, I saw his greatness in my life. It's undeniable. And when you taste the goodness of God, you'll just want to taste it more and more, and you'll fall in love, which is what he wants you to do. And you'll begin a relationship with him, and he'll have fellowship with you, which is what he wants to do. That's what it means to taste and see that the Lord is good. The, the partner pastors to join me on stage. You please be seated. So the first section is an invitation to worship God and to pray. The second section is a charge or a challenge for us to taste and see and to fear the Lord. And the, the psalm ends with a word of encouragement. What it, what it does is it, is it reminds us 
of who this God is and reminds us of his goodness. And so I've asked our, our partner pastors just to come and, and share these verses and the promise of God that's there. Pastor Shetty. So I'll be sharing a quick idea from verse 15. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. And we heard the invitation from King David through Pastor Leighton to come and test that the Lord is good. And the first condition for that is to fear the Lord. But sometimes, I know if we, I come down here and ask anyone of you that he will tell me stories and myself, my, even myself, about the goodness of God. But sometimes in life we have these unexpected things that happen to us. And I think David is asking us to taste that the God, the God is good even during these circumstances. For example, the last few days I heard from the immigration that my file to sponsor my parents was declined. I don't know why. So I did everything right. Things were looked great, but I got this email that I cannot sponsor my parents. Or even I think of uh, my brother here, Kevin and Monica, whom I like on behalf of the Arabic church, I would like to thank them very much for what they did the last few months to come every Sunday and spend time and effort with our youth. He, he told me, you know, we, we did everything for the field, we bought the seeds, and now we are just waiting for the rain. And the rain didn't come. So they had a, a hard year for farming. But even in the, those circumstances, God is inviting us to come and taste that he is good. And he is good to us. He, he will watch over us. He watch over those who do right. Uh, hello. Um, read, uh, let me read this verse 17 here. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. So it's already, it's promised here and it's clearly mentioned here. So when we pray as a righteous, his children, so definitely he will hear. I want to uh, inform or remind all of us here today because there is a scriptures quoted that in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. The word is our God is living and active. That's why we always have to pray for him and ask for him and he will always listen our prayer and he will answer. He just not, he's not just listen our prayer but he also give the solution to us. He is also rescue from our difficulties, from our uncertainty. So uh, let, me ex uh, let me tell my own story. When I was applying to come to Canada, uh, I don't know where I'm going and I don't know what kind of people I'm uh, meeting here. So I just prayed to my God. I said to him, so I, I don't know where I'm going. Just take me where you want. So, and I'm, right now, I'm feeling that I am so blessed and so thankful that with my Lord, He proved me and He, 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 he gave His promise to my life and my, uh, in my life and in my family that today we are meeting as a family, as a brothers and sisters. So when we pray, and even Jesus said in John chapter 9, verse 31, like if we are the true worshiper of God, He will listen our prayer so this is my point here thank you so i'm going to be sharing a verse 18 that says the lord is close to the brokenhearted he rescues those whose spirits are crushed a little while ago karen's father passed away in south africa and uh, she they were married for just close to 50 years. And all of a sudden, Karen's mom found herself alone. Her, her children were all over the world, in Australia, New Zealand, and, and here in Canada. So Karen went over to go, to go console her and to just be with her. And uh, 
While they were there, Corin realized, and obviously, as you can think, her mom was in a bad place. Her spirit was crushed, and she was brokenhearted, and she didn't know how she was going to go through the period that followed the loss of her husband and Corin with her father. And then, this is a letter that Corin wrote to Pastor Leighton while they were there, and I want to share that with you. I'll, I'll share this quickly. Hi, Pastor Leighton and Brenda. I would love to refer to a message you shared on December 27, 2020. I'm visiting with my mom in South Africa, and the last couple of days were very difficult in particular. Both my mom and myself were knocked over by an emotional wave in a way. In the midst of this sadness, I was also very concerned for how my mom will be coping when I leave to come back to Canada on August the 15th. She is really grieving the loss of my dad so hard. I imagine my mom walking back into her apartment alone and frail and just with overwhelming sadness. Today I was scrolling through some sermons from Ebenezer that I could share with her in an effort to bring some light and hope into our situation. My mom is a beautiful believer, but she's really missing my dad so much. I came across a sermon you preached, like I said from the December 27th, on the topic, God is with us. Together we sat and watched your message, and we were blessed so incredibly. What touched us is when you said that we don't need to doubt God's promises because he has already fulfilled it in Christ. That suddenly became rhema to our hearts. You ended your message by saying that for the one grieving the loss of a loved one and walking into your home, you will find God there inside already waiting for you. He is with you. Leighton, those words were such an amazing comfort to both me and my mother and gave me so much rest deep inside my heart that my mom will not be alone walking back into her place after saying goodbye to me at the airport. God will be with her for sure. Listening to your sermon lifted our spirit and brought in some light into a very difficult few days. I just wanted to share this with you it's a word so in season and so encouraging. Thank you from both of us. Blessings and kind regards, Karen. God is so good. He prepared a sermon a year before the time from Pastor Leighton here in this church, knowing that a year later it would touch two people's hearts so much. That is just so awesome, this God that we serve. Thank you. God promises to redeem those who serve him. This is true. I served as a missionary in China for six years. One time, there was a mission conference in Hong Kong. It was a time of restoration and learning for me, away from the busy ministry. I had a great time. When it was time to go back home to Beijing, I had to pack enough materials for the next five years of ministry. The materials included Bibles and biblical workbooks. The problem was it was illegal for a foreigner to share the good news to um, Chinese citizens. And uh, also it was illegal to uh, take a large number of Bibles for the purpose of evangelism. But in order to share the gospel, leaving the Bible behind, it was not an option. So in our team, each individual was given 10 Bibles and uh, 30 workbooks to take with them. We packed them in the corners of each bag and went on board to Beijing. As long as we arrived in Beijing and got through the customs, everything would be successful. Everyone in the team got through the customs except me. The officials started questioning me. Why do you possess so many Bibles? So I told them the truth. 
Yeah, I wanted to share them with my friends. Don't you know that it's illegal? I'm sorry. Wait here. I'll have to ask the supervisor. Countless thoughts were going through uh, my head at the point. I imagined that, that I would be locked in jail and interrogated for days. And uh, after exhausting interrogation, I might have uh, given up some names of missionaries and they uh, would get into trouble. Some missionaries may even be deported and their mission, uh, ministries would be ruined. This was all just my imagination. I couldn't do anything but pray. The team who went through the customs earlier also looked up to pray. When the officials came back, they told me that they would allow just one copy of the Bible and the rest were to be taken away. They warned me not to do it again. Thankfully, I was released without further trouble. Hallelujah. God helped me through this. He saved me. So this is very true. God redeems those who serve him. I hope that this grace takes place in your lives as well. Okay, thank you very much. It's good to hear from our partner pastors, isn't it? Uh, I really appreciate their heart. Uh, we're going to have one last song we're going we're to sing together. So would you stand? And we want to sing a benediction over us today. And then those who said they'd help me out with the last... be seated and those that said they would help me with the last verse if you want to come on stage right now just come on right up we want to close our service today uh, by reading verse 8 and we're going to do that in the languages that are represented here today and so I'm going to ask uh, Spencer if he would start us off and then we'll go from there so this is how it sounds in Afrikaans smog and prove that God good is amen Duku wandru ma atiyab al-Rabb, tuba lil-insan mutawakkil alayhi. Nohinen yahuwa'i sonashimul matbo'al chiyoda, kuege piyanen janan bogi ittoda. Param problai jantire hiragi waha bhalo nuncha, kati bhalo nuncha waha masaran line manistanya kaho. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this family. Thank you for your family that crosses all generations, all language groups, all continents, that you have called us to know you. And as we know you, help us to fall in love with you. And in these next few weeks, help us to taste and see and know of your goodness. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So. Um, Layton doesn't like it when things are a surprise on him, but uh, Layton challenged us, invited us to taste and see that the Lord is good. And some of you, part of the church family, will know that Layton has to be a living example of this this past week. You may not know that Layton just lost his father yesterday morning. Um, it wasn't sudden, it wasn't unexpected. But this man who's been our friend, who's been our source of strength, needs us now to support and to lift him up. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize for that part. I'll ask for forgiveness later. Um, but would you just stand with me and allow me to lead us in a time of prayer? And uh, I know that if you could, you don't want to be up here to put your hand on him, but we can't necessarily do that. If you just extend your hand out, just to show that we are with Layton and his family in his time of need as a family. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the incredible words that we heard this morning. 
the invitation to taste and see that you indeed are good. Father, it's not our circumstances that define what is good and what is not. It's simply you. So, Lord, I pray this morning that your spirit of comfort and encouragement would be with Leighton and his family. Father, I pray that we as a church family would surround him with love and prayer and touch points where we express our love for him. And truly, through this situation, he would experience your goodness in his life and in his family's life. Father, thank you for Leighton. Thank you for his leadership, for his friendship. We pray that we now would uplift him in his time of need. Father, may we truly unite together as a family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. That's not fair. It brings out the emotions, but thank you very much. Uh, I want to tell you that, that uh, let's stick around today. We don't have a lunch meal plan, but let's, let's stick around and let's really enjoy each other and connect with each other. We are going to offer some tours of the facility. Maybe you haven't seen our new facility, and we can show you even some of the back rooms upstairs where we record and stuff. But let's, let's be a family together. And then remember that next week, we're going to go back to two services at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning. And we're going to invite you to come and experience, to, to take a bite, to see the goodness of God in various ways. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a family. And thank you for your prayer, Justin. I appreciate that very much. And my family does as well. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you, and thanks for listening.